To build on Kevin's offering thought, for those of you whose love language it is to cook and to feed people, just so happens my love language is the consumption of food of people who love to cook. I, I would hate for these people to go without encouragement and not have somebody you know, affirm their love, so just throwing that out there. But my name is Ben James. If you're here, if you're visiting with us this morning, I'm the lead pastor here at FCC. We are, uh, we're glad to have you here with us this morning. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 10. We are working this holiday season through a series of messages called Thankful Beyond Thanksgiving. Last week, we talked about being thankful for wonder and the wondrous uh, birth of our Savior and how in Isaiah 7 and Isaiah chapter 9 it was talked about, it was foretold, and just this miraculous, wonderful Savior that we serve. Today I want us to be thankful for moments. Thankful for moments. And let me define moments for us here this morning. Um, a moment is something that happens that enhances your relationship with God and people. So for this message purpose, whenever I refer to moments, it's something that happens that enhances your relationship with God and people. So let's look to Scripture now. In, in Luke chapter 10, we're going to be reading verses 38 through 42. Verse 38 starts, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Now, for most of us, this time of year is somewhat nostalgic. Christmas time can bring back memories and thoughts and of times of joy celebration, of laughter, sometimes of sorrow, loss, grief. But one thing that is true for all of us is that this time of year tends to be far more hectic than what, it, what we really feel like it should be, what we really feel it necessary to be. The, the hustle and bustle of the holidays of trying to get here, there, trying to make sure that uh, all family uh, has been visited, uh, you've eaten all of the meals, sometimes you're going three to four times you know, in the same day, and all I can say is just I hope you have a nice pair of stretch dress pants at that point, uh, because everybody, we've got to eat everywhere, right? But you also have the pressure, the, this feeling of having to have everything ready, having to have everything perfect, Having, have, having to have this memorable holiday time with friends and family. And maybe for some of us, there's even more pressure this year because maybe we are planning, maybe we have already began to meet with people and celebrate with people that we haven't for the past couple years. And, you know, there's this anticipation and this excitement and this 
these, these pressures that we put on ourselves to make the most of everything. And sometimes, when we're trying to make the most of the moment, we tend to lose appreciation and value of the moment. And time is something that is difficult for all of us to find, isn't it? I mean, it seems like time is stretched thin. Uh, no matter how many items are on the calendar or how many things that you have on your to-do list, it just seems like our time can be seriously stretched thin at all points. Have you ever made this statement, if I can just make it through this week then next week's going to be so much easier. How often does that really work out for us? Next week's overrated. That's what I found out. But if we think about this of taking time, taking moments to truly, truly live and be present in them, that's difficult to do, isn't it? Even if we clear our calendar, even if we don't have anything going, even if uh, there's not obligation, social, work, church, anything like that from friends, family, that we have this, these times to ourselves. Even then, it's hard to live presently in the moment because we've got notifications coming to our phones, right? Even if it's not text messages, even if it's not phone calls, even if it's not emails, then if you host your social media on your phone, then you're getting notifications that way. Maybe it is the text. Maybe it is the emails that are constantly drawing your attention away from the moment itself. And let's say that we can put all of those things away, that we can put the phone away, we can put the to-do lists away, we can put all of these things that draw our attention externally away. How easy is it for us to sit in the moment, in silence, with what's going on internally? With what's going on inside of our own minds, our own hearts, our own lives, the worries, the anxieties, the concerns, the unanswered questions, the doubts, the fears, these things that we entertain that even when we can push external factors away, it's not easy for us to truly live in a moment even from an internal perspective. I, uh, you know, th this is a, an interesting story here it's it's probably pretty familiar to to some of us but you know i can really really relate to martha in this passage cuz i'm i'm the task driven person you know like the checklists you know there's there there's probably an unhealthy amount of joy that that makes me smile whenever i can put a check mark beside of a to-do list box or you know on a on a task app you know click that thing and it goes away so much so that I remember a couple years ago, um, I, I remember asking God, God, allow me to be more present in my time with my family. I want to be present in my family time for my wife, for my daughter. I want to be, when I'm there, when I'm in that moment, I want to be completely in the moment. And one thing that I, I like to do as much as I possibly can, try to make a habit of it, is journaling. Journaling my Bible, reading, journaling my thoughts, journaling prayer time and things that I feel like maybe God is inspiring me during that time. And I was sitting one morning, had a nice hot cup of coffee, sitting at a table, and I had my Bible out and my journal out. And I had just finished praying. Again, God, give me this capacity and this awareness 
to be in the moment with my family. And my wife comes in. And I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with my wife or not. But if you have, you're going to have about, at minimum, four conversations at the same time. Often within the same sentence. And if you're like me, you're going to, you're going to be lucky. You're going to be lucky if you can follow with one of them. Because I don't do well with this multitasking conversation kind of thing. But I remember sitting there in, in, uh, internally, okay? I'm still breathing. I'm still upright. I didn't say this out loud. Right? I was like, can't you see what I'm doing here as she comes in, as I'm journaling? And I'm getting frustrated as I'm trying to journal, listen to this conversation, and then it hits me in the middle of it. I'm like, you're the worst. You are like the absolute worst. Because you just finished praying that you would be more present in conversations with your family. And here your wife is talking to you, and all your mind is thinking about is frustration about how she's talking to you and you're not able to write. And I don't think I'm the only one that does that, but that's how things can typically go with us, isn't it? That we get so focused, so driven sometimes that we don't take time. To appreciate the moment. So out of this story of Mary and Martha, I believe that there are a few replacements that I'm going to encourage you to make in your life this holiday season as we try to be present and make the most of the moments. Those moments that can enhance or draw us closer in our relationship with God and with one another. And I believe that we find the first replacement in verse 39 when we, need, when we see that we need to replace the urgent with the significant. Verse 39 says, And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. In Kevin's offering, thought he was talking about God needing us to be successful and how, you know, really he doesn't. Because he's God, he's all-powerful, but yet we serve a Savior that his, one of his biggest heart's desire is for us to just sit with him, for us to just fellowship with him. And before I forget to tell you, I, really, I think that most of the time Martha gets a really bad rap in this, you know, because we kind of talk about her sarcastically and kind of as an example of what not to do. And we've got to understand that she was doing some really good things here. She opened her house up. That's, hospitality is a spiritual gift. She was a hospitable person. And she was serving. She was wanting to do great things. She was wanting this hospitality to be top-notch. She was wanting Jesus and those that were with him to have the best experience that they could possibly have. And you know what? That's what we do here as well. We want everything that we do here to be as excellent as it possibly can be. It's never going to be perfect, but we want it to be as excellent as possible. So there's nothing wrong with this. But the problem becomes when the excellence that we're pursuing in what we do supersedes and has a higher value in our hearts than sitting at the feet of Jesus and developing our relationship with Him. So let's not make Martha out to be the bad person in this. But let's understand that she's just like all the rest of us, that it's so easy for us to get our focus 
off of the moment so much so that we lose track of who we are entertaining and who we are trying to be hospitable to, who we're trying to be excellent for. So we need to make sure that this urgent, these things that we consider so urgent, sometimes we're able to set those away and we can take time and set at the feet of Jesus and enjoy the moment of just being in His presence. Just being in His presence. The second replacement we're going to see in verse 40 is replacing physical activity with spiritual preparation. Verse 40, But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. See, sometimes our physical activity is spiritual activity. But if we're not taking time for spiritual preparation, then the physical activity loses its spiritual nature. Can I just kind of reinforce that a little bit? We can do and be doers and do and do and do and do, but if we're not taking time to spiritually prepare ourselves, then the, then the, the act of doing, the physical doing, loses its spiritual meaning and it just becomes another task. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, it says this, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. You know, understand that we need to be focused on Jesus Christ. And it is so important, and I know that you hear me say that every Sunday, and I know that he, you know, sometimes the same voice echoing the same words can lose its weight, but never underestimate the importance of, of keeping your eyes on Him. Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34 instructs us, or 30 through 34, I'm sorry, but if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. Make sure that you are spiritually preparing yourself to go and do the physical activity that He's talking and calling you to do. The third replacement this morning is found in verse 41. We need to replace self-absorption, personal reflection. Basically, this is a well-worded statement on saying it's not all about you. It's not all about you. The world does not revolve around Ben James. I hesitate to say that because... We're live, and this will be downloaded and recorded, and that could be used as evidence against me. But the world does not revolve around me. 
The world does not revolve around you. And we need to make sure that we are taking moments of reflection, time to where we can adjust and focus in the lens of our life as to what it's pointed at. In verse 41, it says, But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. I feel like God could get my attention like this every day. Ben, Ben. It's almost kind of like, you know, that, that parental thing when they say your name first, and then they say it again a little bit louder to get your attention, and then hopefully the full name doesn't come in there. Right? But this, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. And I think that we need to make sure that we're understanding who we really are, this, this personal reflection thing. If you go to Lamentations, we just got a party started, right? We've, we've gone to Lamentations in here. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 40. Let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. Understand, that's when we are not taking the time for spiritual reflection, we're not personally reflecting and building ourselves up in moments and times with the Savior, then our flesh is going to lead us astray every single time. Amen? Your flesh will lead you astray every single time. Submission to God, obedience to His Word, and a deepening Focused relationship on Him is what sets our focus on the lens of our life. If we turn to the book of Psalm chapter 139, verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. This is a dangerous prayer. This is a dangerous petition because what Lamentations and both the psalmist are telling us here is that when we invite God into our hearts to search us and to know us and reveal things to us, guess what? He's going to do it because we have grievous things. We have these things that need to be adjusted, these things and items and habits and these, these things that need purged from our life. God will find them, and God will reveal them. Just like the refiner's fire melting gold so that the dross, so that the impurities, so that all of the, the iniquities and the sins and the faults and failures in our lives can come to the top and be taken away. I learned a valuable lesson several years ago that I, whenever I pray a prayer similar to this, I get pretty detailed with God. Because the overall prayer of God, if, you, if there's anything in my heart, if there's anything in my life that doesn't glorify you, God, show me. And he did. And I wasn't ready for the tidal wave of things that were in my heart and in my life that weren't honoring God, that didn't please him. So I amended that prayer kind of quickly. <laughs> I was like, okay, God, I want to know all of these things, but could we do it like one at a time? You know, I, I feel like I can handle that. But we must understand that we need to replace our self-absorption about it being all about us. Personal reflection as to who we really are in Christ. And the last replacement. I'm going to, to kind of read the entirety 
of 40, 41, and 42 because it's replacing the superficial with the supernatural. So verse 40 again, But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But then the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Now sometimes we can get lost with this word supernatural. But understand that God's natural is supernatural to us. So I'm not talking about crazy things that go so far beyond our understanding. I'm talking about moments with God. And you know what? We all have an opportunity to have a moment with God each and every Sunday morning that we're in here. But some of us get so caught up on superficial things, and I say us because I'm one of you, that gets caught up in these superficial things that are so easy to distract us, so easy to take our focus off of Him, so easy to get our eyes darting in another direction that we could miss possibly the supernatural encounter with God's love and the embrace of the Father that we have an opportunity to be in the midst of each and every week. And that's the focus that he's giving here to Martha. While he never once rebuked her for trying to do, he did correct her on the level of you're missing the most important thing. You're missing the most important thing, and that is a moment that your sister is taking advantage of. When I begin to think about what's at stake, when I begin to think about heaven, when I begin to think about my eternity and the promise of that in heaven with Christ and with God the Father, I hope that I can look past superficiality and begin to look at the supernatural love of Jesus Christ that surrounds me each and every moment. So how do we do these things? How do we take the, this time? What are some of the things that we can do to capture these moments? If you would give me the last slide there, Austin. Take time to sit. Sit with God. Sit in silence. Sit with Him. Take time to connect not only with God, but with one another. Deepen those relationships. Get to know each other a little bit better as we are taking the advantage of these moments. Take time to serve. And this is, not, this is definitely not a time or a message that's encouraging you into inactivity. This is not uh, uh, telling you that we just need to sit all of the time. We're called to serve. And we're called to serve us, not serve us. Throw that little side note in there. But serve. Listen. Take time to listen. Not only to God, but take time to listen to your brothers and sisters as well. Take time to listen to your family. 
Take time to listen to those around you. We live, we live in such a way that we feel like our voices, our opinions, our thoughts have to be heard all the time, at all costs, and sometimes in all caps. Take time to listen. I have a, a little post-it note that I keep very visible to me says, seek first to understand rather than to be understood. It's a principle of leadership. It's a principle of love. It's a principle of quality relationships. Take time to listen. And then live in the moment. Live in the moment. This is... uh, This is one of those difficult things to do, isn't it? Because we're always future planning. We're always thinking about what's next. Thinking about maybe retirement, the end, towards the end of our lives that we can do some things. We're thinking about uh, what what are we going to do when the kids get out of the house. We're thinking about what's going to happen uh, whenever they're out for Christmas break. What are we going to do tomorrow? And then the age-old adult question that nobody ever tells us as we're growing up, that we're going to face every single day of our lives. What's for dinner? I was never warned about that. And then let's not get started on road trips. Hey, what do you want to eat? But make the most of the moments. Live in the moment. And this holiday season, you are going to have multiple opportunities to have moments with one another, but most importantly, you're going to have opportunities to have moments with your Savior. We don't need to neglect getting ourselves ready or getting the place ready, but please, let's not no longer neglect sitting at His feet, focusing on Him, and enjoying that moment.